Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess and your coach, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Figurechick911, coming to you tonight with some transformational life coaching, probably with some slash organizational leadership coaching and some champion mindset coaching. All together, we bring this to you, and it's, it's basically a small clip from what we call our goals program, which is our signature coaching program. And this is, this is our topic for tonight. We're talking about change. Specifically, why is change so hard? Especially if it's unrequested change, <laughs> right? Like non-voluntary. And this could apply to anything. This could apply to perhaps you have a job and we know in today's economy and today's world, like there is very little security in any endeavor that you are in. And and sometimes you see, you know, your industry as you know it seems to be dying or it's changing and morphing into something that is almost unrecognizable from, you know, what it was when you first entered you know, this could be change that's just happening in your personal life. This could be to the negative or to the positive. This could be you're coming out of a horrific relationship. Or this is even change that happens once you enter a beautiful relationship. You know, once you get married, when you're living together, when you're going through your growing pains at different phases of life, there's always going to be change, right? Change is inevitable. It's progress that's optional, but really, why is it so hard? Because I know there's like two types of people. There's people who like hate, (laughs) as the understatement of the word, uh, world rather, hate change. And then there's people who actually, like, they not only roll with change, but they like love it. (laughs) <laughs> and you're usually like, you know, at, at one end of the spectrum or the other, if you're an extremist, and then there's going to be some of us who are like, you know what, I do like change. I like it to be control change. And then there's some of us who are, you know what, I can have change happen over in this part of my life, but you know, there has to be some stability in this part of my life. Like wherever you are, like there's no right or wrong. This is, it's simply, I, I'm I'm pretty confident, like it's how God made you, but this is what you have to do, right? This, I think this is the important thing is to, is to really recognize that change in and of itself is inevitable. Okay. I'm repeating this. Yes. Why? Because that's how you retain it. Progress is optional. Okay. So a lot of this actually comes down to your decision on how you choose to navigate change, even when it is unexpected. Okay, so let's dive into this content here just a little bit. And what we're going to do is we're going to unpack this. And I'm going to give you some, let's call it um, wise counsel, some, some background information on physiologic things that happen that cause you to either be change averse or when you're like, you know what, we can go through this change, but you find yourself doing the same stuff that you used to do. Or if you promise to change your behavior, like it's like you just, you keep on repeating the same stupid shit over and over and over again. 
or when you're going through the change and it's a, it's anxiety provoking for you. You know, why are you not able to make a clear, level-headed decision? Okay, all of those things happen when you're navigating change. And so if you're there, you know, or even if you're not willing to admit that you are there, but if you're there, like it's powerful to, to realize the fact that, you know, symptoms that you're experiencing or, you know, the situations that you experience when you're going through change, when you are not built of the thread where you are, you know, you're able to withstand just like immense pressure in, you know, periods of change, it can be pretty self-defeating unless you know exactly what's going on. So, so I'm here to unpack some of that for you. So let's dive in right now. Let's get into some of my favorite things, which are actually the physiologic changes that happen during change. And this is going to give you some, some clarity on why things happen when you are going through changes. They are so that when you have that bit of knowledge and it starts happening to you, you know, a lot of this is self-awareness, but also like triaging your position and calling yourself out on your own shit. Like I firmly believe, you know, life is teamwork, but life requires you to show up for yourself and life requires you to be a leader. And when it comes down to leadership, I seriously, I mean, if you've listened to past podcasts, you know that this is true. If this is your first time with us, you know, totally welcome to you. I firmly believe that, yes, leadership is the ability to influence other individuals, but leadership first and foremost, it starts with yourself and in leading yourself. So when you are navigating change or when you find yourself digging your heels into the ground like you refuse to change, you know, whatever this looks like for you, eventually you have to come to the point where you are, you're acutely aware of the fact that whatever you're doing isn't serving you well. Whether you're stuck in that vicious cycle, turning over and over and over, doing the same thing over and over and over again, getting the same ridiculous results that are disappointing, they're getting you into trouble, they're leading you, you know, with bad consequences, or it's like you're running and you're just like totally avoiding the change, even though you say, yeah, we can go do this or, you know, I'll, I'll step into this or, you know, however this plays out for you. Okay. When it comes down to it, you've got to have the, the mental command. Okay. To be able to look at yourself like from like a bird's eye view and just be like, Almost like when your guardian angel is looking at you. I don't know about yours, but mine, I just picture mine up there just like, you know, like with her hand over her eyes and just like one hand kind of up in the air, shaking her head and just being like, this girl, like, what is she doing now? Like that. Okay. That's, (laughs) that's how you have to be with yourself. Like, what? are you doing now? Okay. And when you take that approach, that self-assessment, that self-triage that you're doing, it becomes a lot lighter. It's not as painful as if you look at yourself and you're like, what the complete F are you doing? Okay. Because really, I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, like, you know, what else is there? Okay. So again, we're going to get back into this, but you know, it comes down to that leadership and this is why we bring champion mindset coaching into everything that we do because it's one thing to read about leadership, but it's another thing to maintain those tenets and those principles when the shit hits the fan. Okay. And that's why champion mindset coaching is so 
critical. If you have not had the experience of having to march through some of life's most powerful and like frustrating and trying times and then come out the other end stronger and wiser and just, you know, more adapt, adaptive, but adept at, at the things that you're doing. When you're first thrown into the fire, like it can be completely overwhelming and it can take you down. Okay. If you do not have that mental command, the emotional resiliency, the, you know, the, the relentless mindset, you know, to be fixated on the goal as you're going through those rocky times. Okay. So this is why like, as our coaching programs have built up over the years, we have had to make them way more robust because of the nature of the individuals whom we serve. You know, we serve a lot, everybody, like all ages. Okay. So from, you know, elderly individuals, but now we've got millennials who are coming up and no offense to you guys, but I know like some of you have been taken care of and, when you get out into the real world, like it's a rude awakening for you guys. And it can be super hard to make critical decisions. It can be super hard to keep yourself like calm, cool, and collected when you've never had. And I want to speak to this clearly. It's not that you're stupid or incapable. What it is, is you've never been placed in the position where you've had to call upon the leader in yourself because maybe you've had helicopter parents. Okay, maybe you've gotten sucked up in all, you know, all this stuff and, you know, whatever, you've not been able to land, you know, a certain job or, you know, somebody has always bailed you out of situations or you know, however this plays out for you. Like when you come and you coach with us, we coach individuals who are looking to take themselves to the next level and wherever you start, where you start is completely irrelevant. Okay, it's it's the individual who has that humility to check the ego, <clears throat> excuse me, and remain teachable and coachable and say, you know what, where I am right now is so I know that I can do more. I know that I can be more. I can strive more. And it just seems like no matter what I do, I keep on spinning my wheels and spinning my wheels and spinning. My, I'm not making any progress. And so with us, like we have that ability to reach you no matter how old you are, no, ha no matter, you know, where you've come from, what your past is, as long as you are coachable and teachable, like we have yet to have any coachee or group of individuals who have not gone to like, you know, galaxies beyond where they started because of the commitment and the, and the heart that they have to moving forward. Does that make sense? So wherever you are, like you're totally in the right place on this call, on this podcast. And so let's, let's get into these things. So what I'm saying is that we've got the tools to coach you as long as you're coachable. Okay. What you call us for, if you do not need, and this is an aside, you do not need to classify the type of coaching that you need. All you need to do when you send us an email or when you call us is say, I'm stuck. Okay. And like, literally that's a big enough trigger for us to go into full blown coaching mode and, and consultative mode. And that's our job is to put into place the structures and the how to, and it's your job just to be coached. 
I mean, how much more simple does it get, right? It's like, that's how it, that's how it works, okay? So when we're talking about navigating change, all right, this is going to be something that's going to be incredibly empowering to you, and it's, it's really what happens inside the body as you're moving through change. Now, this could be, again, unwanted change, unrequested change, or even when you are voluntarily moving through a new change, a new relationship, a new stage of the relationship. This could be you have a new job, you've gone back to school, you've taken on immense responsibilities, you've never had to manage this many things at one time, you know, whatever this is for you, what happens is that physically, okay, you have a brain and your brain and your whole nervous system and, and your your endocrine system, which is the system that uses hormones and things, they operate around these things called brain chemicals, Okay, and you've probably heard of them before, like the dopamine, the serotonin. Let me take a little sip of water here because I sound kind of froggy. Pause the cameras, please. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> um, and so those chemicals that you have inside of your body, when you, all right, so here, this is what we call a sidestep here. I'm going to fill you in with some information and we're going to, you know, bring this back and we'll relate it to, to change and why it's so hard. So with these brain chemicals, what happens is that when you live your day-to-day life, whatever your routine is, whatever, you know, time you normally wake up, what your morning routine is, um, you know, how long you stay in bed for, you know, how many alarms you set before you actually get up out of bed, how many times you press snooze, you know, who you hang out with, what you eat on a day-to-day basis, what you drink on a day-to-day basis, whether or not you work out. Um, you know, where you spend your day, if you're in school, if you're at work, if, you, if you're a gamer, you know, whatever this is for you, if you're retired, whatever your normal life is, okay, what happens is that it basically sets your brain chemicals at certain levels, okay? So just picture like, if you would, just like picture like a bunch of like, little like colored different colored like balls those would be like the the chemicals and just picture them just kind of like I don't know laying flat inside of your brain okay and anytime you do something new and it's like oh my god like that was so fun what happens is that you get a percolation of the brain chemicals so now picture kind of like when popcorn pops if you've ever seen it like like it pops up Picture a brain chemical like, you know, percolating up like that. When you experience something new and something different, it gives you like that, oh my gosh, like, whoa, like that, it's a percolation of the brain chemical. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Even though one of our human needs is to have things that like a little element of surprise, things that are new, things that are different, All in all, the body doesn't like it, okay? Because now, even though, let's say you're doing something new, you've got a new job or you've gone back to school, a new relationship, new phase of your relationship, or this could be like unwanted change, like your job is being phased out, you're you're moving through a terrible, you know, ending of a relationship, you know, however this plays out for you, okay? Or your industry is just like, changing it it doesn't look anything how it was when you first started I get that one Leo that was for me that was you know I come from a nursing background that's how that was um 
you know, so put yourself, you know, your own example here. Now, what happens is that when you are going through change, the brain chemicals that and like the, the levels of what they are, they they start to move and they start to percolate. And early on, you know, unless this is like a major crisis, early on they percolate a little bit and it causes you to wake up a little bit. And you're like, hmm. And then if it continues on, sometimes that percolation gets more frequent or constant and greater in like dynamic, you know, percolations. Now you got like those little like multicolored balls that are popping up all over your brain. And that newness, the excitement of it, it like seriously isn't fun, <laughs> right? But what happens is that your body, then it, it moves into a different element where the brain itself wants to get the chemicals back to their previous levels, if you would. And so what it does is it, it does different things. Sometimes it will sabotage you in, in making you do things to get the brain chemicals back to how they were. Let's say even before, like you're, you're putting, this is a good one, like you're changing what you're eating, like you're cleaning up your diet. And this is like, this is a great, you know, movement for you. Like you cut out the processed food, you cut out the alcohol, you cut out, you know, whatever drugs, you know, blah, 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 all these things. You're eating, you know vegetables and and you know clean things and you're drinking lots of water and like yeah this is awesome and then like two weeks into it all of a sudden like you get these massive food cravings and you're just like holy cow like I haven't had I don't know maybe you know egg rolls for two years and for some reason now I just I need to have not one egg roll, but all the egg rolls and all the sweet and sour sauce. And you're like, while I'm there, I might as well get like, you know, that the fried shrimp. And then while I'm there, I might as well, you know, get, you know, all the chop suey. And I'm like drinking the, the, the juice out of the bottom of the curtain. And I, I put more soy sauce in there and like you totally go over. And it's because what happens is that the brain chemical like levels in your brain after a while, that percolation, like your body just hates it. And your body is designed to keep you alive. And that means that you could be on a good path and on a good, you know, plan moving forward. But the brain doesn't recognize that. The brain only knows that the concentration of the brain chemicals is not how it used to be. And so what it does, like in this example of like health and fitness, what it does is it starts to sabotage you. It's like, you know what? F this. Like, I don't know what has to happen here, but for the past, you know, 20 years, we've had, you know, uh, alcohol, we've had, you know, pizza, we've had Mickey D's, we've had whatever, Cheesecake Factory, something, you know, in our bloodstream here. We've had, you know, chaka, mocha, laka, lattes, you know, every single day. And, you know, our chemicals just are like not right. So let's do something and get this person, this man or this woman to just like, somehow go get that stuff again and it causes you to have like these massive food cravings that's part of it okay there's more that goes into the food cravings but I want to give you like that neuroendocrine aspect of it okay and so what happens is you end up sabotaging yourself same thing if you're moving through like a growing pain in a relationship like this is a communication issue and you say you know what you know I'm sorry you know I, I messed up I'll never do that again and then all of a sudden like 
this painful, you know, like whoever, the spouse or whomever leaves the toilet seat up or puts the toilet seat down, it becomes a point of friction in the relationship and you come across it again. And instead of, you know, having a calm, rational, you know, conversation, it turns into like World War Five, right? Inside the home and you just like completely lose your cool. You have a major meltdown over this little thing. It's that it's, you know, the brain chemicals and they can cause you to trip up in just numerous ways. And so when you understand, and there's there's obviously more to it, but I want to give you, you know, just a little peep inside of there so that when you're in this situation, I want you to realize that you're in command of that, okay? Those chemicals may do some pretty crafty things, but you're not the victim of them, okay? They live inside your body, Okay, they're your tenants, okay, and they may have a lot of power, but you are superior to them, right? I mean, it makes sense. So when you understand and and you own the fact that, you know what, yeah, these chemicals, these hormones, they may be inside of my body, but they're merely like short-term tenants here. I mean, it's not like they have a long-term like, you know, lease that's going to be lasting for like these things, like they get broken down by the body. So it's not, they may be the same chemicals, but they're not the same like atoms, which make up these chemicals because they have, you know, lifespan. And then, you know, once those things get moved out of the body, then I make new ones. And so when you start taking ownership of your position in this whole like crazy sequence, even just as this, like you're moving through the change, like it puts you back into a place of power where you're recognizing the fact like, yeah, you know what? I am the one who's in control of this. And this ties into the next next aspect of why is change so hard? And it ties into another one of our coaching concepts, which I know you have heard me talk about like frequently, and I, I will continue to do so because it's so radically important, but it's the importance of commanding your emotionality. That if you are of the type where in this case, you know, change happens and you lash out or something unexpected happens and you just like lose your cool, you have a major meltdown. And this could be like yelling and screaming. This could be having like a crying fit. This could be like, you know, slamming doors. This could be, you know, sometimes people just, they don't get loud. They become very passive aggressive. They become like tight teeth talkers, right? And (laughs) it's, it, it lingers like forever and ever and ever. It's not like you're just momentarily annoyed, but like it, it lingers and you have to question like, does this serve you well? Okay. Or do you totally freak out and you become paralyzed in fear when there is something new or different? Or do you totally dig your heels into the sand and not only do you refuse to move, but you become obstinate and refuse to be an active listener? Okay, I said active listener, not just like, yeah, honey, I hear what you're saying, and I, you know, F you. I'm talking like active listening to hear what's behind the spoken word, what's behind the body language. Is this making sense? Like this is where you start to get a lot of breakdown in the relationships. Relationships, that's what makes your life. Like your life is in your relationships. But 
Change happens within a professional relationship. Change happens within a personal relationship. Change happens within the context of your professional, you know, work that you do within your personal work. Change happens within your physiology, health and nutrition, the state of your finances, you know, your position in the family that you sometimes you become the caretaker for your parents and, and that's a new role. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, this happens all the time, but it's not the circumstances, it's who you are in the face of those circumstances, in the face of the change. That if people are telling you, like, you never listen, blah, 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 okay? You've got to be able to humble yourself and come back to that ground zero and really say, you know what? Yeah, it's hard for me to change. Like, I don't want to change and own it. You know, like I, I don't want to change or let me say it this way, like using the excuse of, well, this is just how I am. This is going to come across as some tough love for you, but that's the excuse of a weakling. That's the excuse of an individual who refuses. And really what it's based in, it's based in pride. It's, it's that refusal. It's the ego. It's refusing to pull back the leaf, pull back the petals, pull back, you know, the layers of the onion, whatever analogy, however this makes sense in your mind and say, yeah, you know what? You're 100% right. I'm acting like a dick or 100% right. I'm acting like a total bitch. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, 100% when you coach with me, like, there's a time for me to give you like lovey-dovey, like soft and velvety words. And then there's a time for me to call attention to the elephant in the room and use that language that you understand. And I, I, I'm not certain who specifically needs this podcast tonight, but apparently it's you because you're on this one. Okay. And so I want you to know, you know, from my heart of hearts that when we coach, you know, the job of a coach is not to give you, you know, like a pat on the back and a trophy just for participating. The honest to God job of a coach is to call attention to your blind spots and tell you the things that you don't want to hear. Okay, think back. If, if you've ever had coaches in the past, and I, I trust that you have, otherwise you wouldn't be on this podcast, but think back to the coaches who helped you grow the most. I think all of us have had coaches that, like, you just loved them, right? They loved on you super, super hard. They were probably somebody who you needed in your life at a very, very critical time. But the coaches that got you to grow and to move to the place that you wanted to go, that's why you hired them, that's why you worked with them, like, those were the coaches who told you shit that you didn't want to hear. And it burned. It burned bad. And it pissed you off. But they spoke your language. They got you to move. And had they not shown up for you that strong, you'd still be stuck. You probably wouldn't even be on this podcast. Like your life would be completely different had you not had that coach who was that instrument in your life, right? That's the job of a coach. Okay. Now for me as the coach, I assure you there to this day, no one has ever come to me for what in a coaching capacity for coddling 
and coddling. Let me put it to you that way. And, and excuse making. Every and sometimes it's hard for me to. I gotta admit, like it can be hard for me as a coach because I gotta have some hard conversations with people. And this, like, I've coached people in my own family and told them things that they didn't want to hear because they were in bad situations. They were doing shit which was just not in alignment with who I know them to be, and they were causing destruction left and right. Like, So the things that I say to my coaching clients or you know, when, when we work with agencies or organizations, it's not any different than how I show up for my own family and how I expect my coaches to show up for me. Not in a yelling at you like Jillian Michaels sort of a way, but a very, very clear, let's call attention to the elephant in the room sort of a way. And it gets you to grow and it gets you to go. And it's usually, it's more, it's like a rip the bandaid off technique. Like it hurts momentarily, but it's finished after that. Rather than just kind of like, ooh, like peeling that bandaid off of a hairy arm, just like, ooh, 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 just a little bit, ooh, right? And then you're like rubbing your arm, ooh, it hurts, ooh, no, just rip that thing off, okay? So I promise you. I promise you it comes from a place of love, okay? But when it comes to that change, it's being able to then have the skill of triaging yourself, okay? Like from a bird's eye view and just saying, you know, what I'm doing, if I continue to dig my heels in or if I continue to have meltdown after meltdown when, you know, the shit hits the fan, like the the cause of all this stuff is fear, you know, fear of, of looking stupid, fear of loss of control. That's usually what it is. But when you realize you never have control over the thing anyway, what you do have is command over yourself. You're able to let go and show up in the situation as the best version of yourself, as the most powerful and peaceful version of yourself you're not having reactions that are based out of fear one of which is actually like reacting as opposed to responding okay when you react that's just like letting your emotions get the best of you okay or you know massive crying spells or you know like like you know swearing and waving your arms and you know what I'm saying? Like you, your goal is to remain, we call it cool as the other side of the pillow. And yeah, you know, we're all going to have those times when you lose your cool. You know, you're a human being, not a robot, but like consistently over time, you know, what, who, how do you show up? All those. What? Who? How do you show up? But it's because of your ability to lead yourself first. Recognize the fact that hormones and and things inside of your body, they're temporary squatters, (laughs) right? They're living inside of your shrine (laughs) and that you're choosing to have command of your emotionality, right? So that when the shit hits the fan, you're able to make decisions that are not based in the heat of emotion. You're able to make decisions that are responses to a situation 
not a reaction. Does that make sense? Oh, like, even listening to it, it feels so much better, doesn't it? Rather than, oh my God, change. I like picture like this, um, you know, like axle thing, like tightening on your brain or something like smushing you down or like the Wicked Witch of the West when they throw the water at her and she's like melting into the floor. Like, you know, there's like so many bad connotations and images that we get when it, when it comes to change, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Okay. It's how you choose to show up in those circumstances, right? That's cool. Okay. Now here's another thing that you need to know. A lot of times when people coach and train with us, we assist them in developing high level habits and permanent ones. Okay. So we coach and train you in a bunch of different ways. And again, it's going to be unique as to, you know, your particular situation. But the thing that you need to know is that despite training that you have, when the pressure is turned on, okay, and this change is wildly unwanted, what usually happens is you default back to your previous habits, not your highest level of training, which again is why change is so difficult because you're training new habits. And when you're young in that, how you're training yourself, you're training yourself how to command your emotionality. You're training yourself how to checkpoint yourself. You're training yourself how to look down at yourself like from a third you know, party position, whether it's your guardian angel, a fly on the wall, or like, you know, a spaceship shooting, you know, into outer space or whatever, like you're, you're training yourself to do that. But when the shit hits the fan, like it's, it's simple to just like, like blow up and, and go and resort back to your old tactics because the old tactics have probably been going on for years and years and years. Okay. And they say like old habits die hard. Okay. So what am I saying? I'm saying that you have to extend yourself, okay, a tiny bit of grace and mercy as you flubber your, you're like Bambi on the ice. That's really what you're like. Okay. You know, Bambi, when he's like little and he stands on the ice and his legs, like they go out to both sides and he keeps on wiping out. And then finally Thumper just like pushes him across the ice. Cause he's like spinning. He just can't, can't stand up on those little hooves. That's what you're like when you are new in training for a different habit. Now, I'm not saying that you use that as an excuse or a crutch. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just training a new habit. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. You've got to be like a hard master to yourself and own the fact that you're like effing up left and right. But as you're doing this, you have to be able to release yourself from the guilt and the shame that you feel when you screw up. And notice I said when, not if. Okay, because you're going to screw up. Okay, you need to release yourself from that stuff because the mental entanglement that happens when you hold yourself hostage to guilt and shame is going to keep you stuck in a mental, excuse my language, fuckdom. Okay, and that in and of itself is not going to allow you to move forward. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a lot being a hard master to yourself. It's a lot laughing at yourself. It's extending to yourself the same sort of grace and compassion and forgiveness that you would extend to somebody else when they screw up because you know who they are in their heart, but not allowing yourself to use that as an excuse. 
as you're navigating the change, which, you know, wanted or unwanted, like you just find yourself doing the same thing over and over. I mean, how much, how, how valuable is this information right now? I mean, has this helped you so far? Like with whatever it is that you're struggling to go through or you're, you're facing these changes, like, I mean, does this make sense? And I'm using you as the example. I know usually when we go through this stuff, people's first reaction is like you start thinking of somebody else. Like, oh my God, this is my husband. My husband needs to hear this. Or God, my wife, if she, 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 this is it. You know, every time, like she's just like crying and crying and crying. These feelings are like everywhere. Oh my God. Right? Or... <laughs> or, you know, I'm just getting in trouble at work all the time. Like my boss is telling me this, this, and this, or this is my boss, or this is, you know, those efforts in management, or this is, you know, those neighbors that I can't stand. Ah! These are the people, you know, on the, on the boards or, right? I, I know that everybody like points, you know, at other people when we start going through personal development things, but here's what you need to know. Okay. And again, from a place of love. Every time you point a finger, there's three pointing back at yourself. Okay? So number one, this goes back to you need to be auditing yourself, triaging yourself before you ever look at anybody else. Okay? For my people who are pretty like hip up in the Bible space, you know, there's a a verse in the Bible that says before you, you know, worry about the splinter in somebody else's eye, make sure that you take out the log, which is in yours. Okay? So this is what happens. Usually when there's something that pushes your buttons about somebody else, it's usually because there's something that's unresolved with inside of you. Usually, okay. I, I'm saying usually because this morning this was this was not funny. I met one of my training clients this morning. This is like four o'clock in the morning, and we were doing our workout. And I swear to God, there's this gym creep, but it's like more than a gym creep. If you get what I'm saying, I can't like there is zero reason for this man to be anywhere near us. And it, the weird thing is that. I usually don't train at 4 a.m. Like I'll be in there anywhere between like 6 and 8 usually. And my client is there earlier because she she goes to work. But I went in there to go meet her and show her some new things. This dude is there when both of us are there. So it turns out that he's been creeping on the both of us. And so when we were together, I mean, he was like having a field day. There was no reason for him to be anywhere near us. I swear to God. So it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm swearing not at him because I'm trying to be, you know, a graceful woman and and he came and he left but it didn't push my buttons I just felt violated how about that okay because it's just like he's always around he's always I just can't even I just I just can't (laughs) I don't know maybe that falls into the same thing where you know my buttons are pushed I don't even know what it is but I don't know whatever call it what you want to but what I'm saying is always 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 look at yourself first And no, I'm not creeping on anybody at the gym. Like when I go to the gym, I know what you're thinking. No, hat down low, earphones on. Like the hat's down so low, I can't even see where I'm walking half the time. And I usually hit my head on something (laughs) because I can't even see where the hell I'm going. 
because I don't want to make eye contact. I don't, I like the gym is my, is my space. That's my time. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like that's my, let's help Nicole become a normal human being again. Like kind of a place. Like that's why I'm there. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not creeping on anybody. All right. Back to the topic at hand. Okay. So it's auditing yourself. Okay, and then leading yourself and commanding emotionalities of yourself. And then the things that really aggravate you about other people, this is the next, you know, step for you is to really take a hard look at the places where you behave very similar to where, you know, to how other individuals do that, that tend to push your buttons. It may not be the exact same, but when you look deep, you're going to see the same thread inside of there. You're going to see the same things that you do to other people. You just don't recognize it because no one wants to look at ourselves first. This is what we call personal development. But once you get into the habit of it, and this is convicting your heart, I promise you your progress will be so much faster because you're going to be able to call attention to the elephant in the room on yourself and your expediency and movement forward. Like you are jumping. I mean, this is like like if you pick up the card on Monopoly and it's like, you know, go over here, I probably sends you to jail, but it advances you far. You don't have to count like little spaces on the game board. If you're playing like shoots and ladders, like you don't have to like, just go space by space. Like you can just get on one of the spots and, and like go all the way up to the top. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's how, that's how it is when you are doing your own personal work. So when you coach and you train with us, that also becomes part of the coaching and the training is to train you on how to start recognizing your blind spots and your stalls. Because sometimes you can't see the blind spot because you're blind to it, but you know that you're stalling. But then once we recognize the blind spot, then when you enter that blind spot area again, like you're able to recognize it. It's not as blind as it was before. Okay, so when you coach and you train with us, like people come to us with a variety of different goals. Sometimes it's a health and fitness goal. Sometimes it's it's transition, you know, through a rocky time. They're they're getting ready to enter a divorce or they're coming out of a divorce or they're changing careers or moving into retirement or they're recreating themselves like all these different things or they've been like major, major, major high level producers and they come out, you know, 20 years later with no relationships and their life is like completely void and empty because they've invested their whole entire being into their work. And, and now either they're burned out or they just, you know, their life is lacking meaning. Okay. It, that happens. You're not unique. You're your boss. It's not unique. Or that's your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or whomever. That's <clears throat> not unique. Like we see this, this is, you know, this is like the human condition. And this is why, you know, we do what we do and how we can coach people who come from all walks of life because we understand human beings. Okay. We understand the physiology. We understand you down to the level of the electron. We understand the psychology of it. We understand, you know, human beings and, and patterns of behaviors. And we understand how to, you know, unlatch those little loopholes, which are keeping you stuck. 
And I, I would venture to say, if you're on this, on this podcast right now, you've learned a few things already, which have loosened, you know, those tights, like the girdle strings on you to let you breathe a little bit so that you can get a bigger perspective on, on where you are and why you are where you are and what your next steps are. Does that make sense? So our goal, you know, in all of this, when you're navigating change is to remember, like, you're always in the driver's seat and your goal is to respond to a situation, not to react to it. You know, this is what's going to help you is that when you understand that your inability to negotiate change, navigate change, however that looks like for you. Nine times out of ten, it comes from a place of fear. Even if you don't want to admit it, I'm not afraid of that. Obstinacy is linked to the ego. Ego is related to pride. Pride at its root is fear. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I know. <laughs> like, we move fast, right, when we coach. All right, she just puts it down there. That girl, she just, like, puts it down there. She pisses me off, but... Okay. All right. And that's all that it is. So when you understand now what happens to the body when you are fearful, you actually have like a meltdown. Like your body, when you are in a fear state, this is what we call the stress response. Your body starts producing. You've probably heard of this chemical before, adrenaline or norepinephrine. These are stress hormones. These cause physiologic change to yourself. They cause your body to have certain changes. When you are in a panic state, let's take you to the extreme. Okay. How well is your peripheral, per, excuse me, peripheral vision when you are in a panic? <laughs> what peripheral vision? There is none. It's like tunnel vision, right? That's what we call a physiologic result. That's what happens to your body. The reaction that your body has when you're under high levels of stress. Okay. Which is what we see with fear. Okay. How well do you hear when you're stressed out? How well do you process information logically? <laughs> How eloquent of a communicator are you when you're under high levels of pressure and stress? You're feeling stressed. You probably suck at it, right? <laughs> okay? It's okay. It's not just you. This is what happens to the human body. This is like it's supposed to happen like that. That response, the stress response, is what we call a very primal response. What's happening is it's shifting your nervous system into what we call fight or flight. And it's causing you, like, think back to, like, caveman running away from T-Rex with the big head and the little arms. Like, he, caveman did not need to sit there and, like, try to, you know, develop a case for action and convince, you know, T-Rex or any of those, you know, big, you know, dinosaurs from that, that time, like the, the risk benefit of, of eating him, right? <laughs> like it, just, it wasn't going to happen. He had to get the hell out of Dodge. So what happens is that the body starts sending blood to the places that are going to keep you alive so that he could flee the situation. Okay. So you either fight, you stay, he's not going to win against T-Rex. So he's got to, you know, fight or flight. Flight is like fleeing. So it gets you out of there. You don't have high level functions when you're stressed out. 
Okay, which is why it's important for you to train. Like if you're moving into a career, which is very high levels of stress, this could be air traffic controller, this could be emergency worker, this could be a teacher. I mean, this could be anything. This is even parenthood. The first time your kid like cracks their head on the coffee table and they're bleeding, right? And head wounds always look so bad. They're like bleeding all over. It turns out it's like a two, it's like a two millimeter little cut, but it looks like their brains are getting ready to fall out of their head. Like the first time that it happens, like it's overwhelming. By the time you hit the third kid, (laughs) you like toss them, you know, toss them a couple of paper towels, you know, here, stop the bleeding. And here's a bag of frozen peas, like (laughs) situation yourself, right? Or you trade one of the other kids to do it for you. Like you're so much more chill. Because you, you, you've been, you know, adapted to that levels of stress, okay? And that happens with training. Like, everything's a training ground. So you'll learn how to navigate it as long as you're committed to doing so, the, right? Okay, I know it's going to suck. Like, this, this change that I'm about to make, and I see this with a lot of my individuals who then maybe, let's say they're going in to have hard conversations. Or they're looking to hold themselves to a higher level of integrity, and they tell me all the time, like this, especially this comes from my guys. I love coaching men because men are like so brutally honest and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, that's going to like fucking hurt. I know I'm going in there. I'm going to do it. But I just want you to know, like ahead of time, this is going to hurt. And I'm like, I know I get it. I've done it myself. Like I would never ask you to do anything that I've not done or that I wouldn't ask of myself to actually do either. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes you feel better, but you know, that's the honest to God truth. Okay. So when you understand that that's the fear, you know, the fear causes that stress response. Now you understand why it happens. Now your job. Okay. This is actually what's happening. This is like out of body experience. This is like, you know, the bird on the perch, you know, above you or the fly on the wall or your guardian angel up there. Right. So instead of them just, you know, shaking their head, like they do, you know, me like, oh, there she goes again, Nicole, can you, Nicole, how many times do we have to go over this up? There she goes again. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, is yours like that? I can't be the only one. I, I think I have more than one because I exhaust my, my guardian angel. So I'm pretty sure I have more than one. <laughs> I don't know. But your job is actually to put yourself back in a position of power, okay? And recognize that what you're doing, like the stress response is here, okay? Again, it's only caused because of these chemicals. Like they're temporary squatters inside of your body. You know, they're they're not even paying to, to own and occupy a space inside of your shrine. So your job is to remember who the F you are and put yourself back in the position of power. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. This eventually this will go faster but in the beginning stages like it's awkward as hell and I'm just going to tell you like one of the best strategies that you can do once you're aware of the fact that you're doing it is to implement slow breathing like slow controlled deep breaths because what happens when you take those slow controlled deep breaths what it actually does is it starts to then leach out a different grouping of of chemicals that your body recognizes they're like your body's natural chill pills okay and it gets you out of that fight or flight and it allows you to come down if you will okay and what happens when you come down out of fight or flight then is you have your peripheral vision is restored 
okay? Your mental clarity, you're able to think logically, communicate, you know, more kindly and gently and thoughtfully, okay? You respond rather than react, okay? Your heart rate returns to normal, your breathing rate returns to normal, your blood pressure comes down, your blood starts going back to the places where it had left because, you know, caveman, T-Rex, blah, 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 <laughs> okay? So, I mean, that's one thing that can help you. And that's something that's so simple that in, most people forget about, but you can do it no matter where you are. Like, you don't need special equipment or, you know, resources or money. It's free. Like, you can do it. Takes less than 10 seconds. Just a couple of slow, controlled, deep breaths to bring you back to focus. Did you do it? I have to tell you. All right. Let's try it. Take a nice deep breath. <laughs> In through your nose. Inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more time, inhale. And exhale. Better, right? cool. Okay. Cool as the other side of the pillow. So now what you can do, all right, we're still talking about change. Ask yourself, what is the, what, what's my biggest fear? Okay. One thing, not the blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. We just did the breathing technique. What's your biggest fear about this change? And is that the worst thing that can happen? The absolute worst. And when you put it out there, is it really as bad as what you're making it out to be? I mean, in the context of life, is this going to matter in five years? Is this all life-consuming or are you focusing on one thing and you're up so close and so stressed out about it that you can't see the forest or the trees, but now that you talked yourself down, you take a step back, you're like, is this really as big a deal as I'm making this out to be? Huh. Okay? You see what we've done? Like, we've talked ourselves down off of a ledge here. And you're going to be able to do the same through repetition, you know, and practice with this in your own situations when you're navigating change. And what happens is that if you need some additional information, now you're in a readier place to receive the information and actually listen to understand rather than just like listen to respond and try to dominate and be right. Does that make sense? Cool. All right. Now, Here's two other questions. They're going to put you back into a position of power and also highlight the, the elements of creativity and then we're going to close out for the night. The first question for you to ask yourself, now that we've taken, you know, our, our chill pill here, our nervous system chill pill, all right, what would I do if I were most certain? If there is something, you know, that's causing you uncertainty as you're navigating this change, once you, you know, expose the greatest fear and is this the biggest, you know, the worst thing that could happen, all right. What would I do if I were most certain? 
okay? You need to begin making decisions as though you're the person who's in possession of whatever your goal is. What would I do? Okay? And if time and money were of no issue, what would I do? All right? The first one puts you back into a position of power. The second one turns on the creative centers of your brain. Because what happens is that when you're navigating change, avoiding pain will cause you to change, but it's not usually going to give you lasting permanency or, or allow you to continue moving through it from an open place. Eventually, there's going to be some, like, you're, you're grading your elbows on sandpaper. Like, there's going to become an element of resentment or, like, you just get tired of doing this or you just, like, the mask falls off and you default back to your previous things. The things that really capture you and keep you growing and evolving are when you start going after things that you want. Okay? Which is why it's so vitally important for you to continuously have goals. You know, even as it pertains to this situation where the change is, maybe the, out, the place where the change is, if this is a professional change that's happening, your industry is changing, your job has changed or been eliminated, okay? It's important for you to remain committed to your goal, not attached to the vehicle that you use to get there, okay? And sometimes you merely have to switch vehicles, the goal doesn't change, but the way that you get there changes or the plan or the, the path that you navigate is what actually changes, not the goal itself. Does that make sense? So as we get ready to close this podcast out, okay, we hit on so many big topics. I, I promise you that's just like one tiny little sliver of what we accomplish when you and I coach one-on-one, -on -one, when we do this on an agency level, whether you're bringing us in because, you know, maybe sales are down or you know, the, the, the company, like you're going through, like we see, you know, mergers and acquisitions happening left and right. You see, you know, change in morale. Like there's a lot of things that happen, you know, or you're attending one of our seminars and, you know, we're speaking to people from all, all different walks. Like what you get out of coaching with us on a more personal level, on a more prepared level when we, you know, have a greater understanding as, as to your situation or whatnot and, and the frequency Okay, what it does is it allows yourself to release yourself from the current situation, from how you've been being, and to break down the barriers and bust through the plateaus that are keeping you stuck, disappointed, and miserable. And it allows you to have that rich, vital life that you so richly deserve and that one that you're absolutely crazy about. That's our specialty. So if there's anything that we can do for you as an individual, as a team, as a group, as an organization, your next step is to contact us directly. And you can do so by going to our website, which is www.transformationgold.org. Hit the contact us link in the top right hand corner 
then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 hours and we'll construct a workable plan. Okay, we coach anywhere in the world. We can do so remotely. We can, you know, visit you via trains, planes, and automobiles. And we look forward to serving you. So again, this has been Nicole DeVincentis on the Transformation Gold Podcast. It's been such an honor to have you. And we look forward to serving you in the future. Make it a great night. Take care, everybody.